0: What did Jesus say? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And none come to the Father except through me. All right. Now then, let's also see some other things. What we need to do because this involves prayer. This involves yielding to God. Now let's come to 1 John, the first chapter. First John, the first chapter. Here's what we do. Here's how we do it. Here's a promise. You have trouble. You know, what was that? What was that movie? I forget the music man. I think it was. There's trouble in River City. (laughs) And at that time, they had a terrible, evil pool table down there. (laughs) That shows you how, how times have changed. Okay. All right. Now, let's pick it up here. 1 John, the first chapter. Now, here's the key. Let's begin right here in verse 6. Because, see, our fellowship with God is the key to all of this. And that is the spiritual power that comes from God. Now, notice verse 6. If we proclaim that we have fellowship with Him but are walking in darkness, we are lying to ourselves... And we are not practicing the truth. Now, you see, if you're lying to yourself and every way is right in your own eyes, you're deceiving yourself. But what does it say about the heart? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So here, conversion is a miracle because it's taking you from that aspect of living the way that the carnal mind is to having your mind perfected through the Spirit of God. And there are things that we need to do as we're led of the Holy Spirit, and through prayer and through study, all of it combined together. It's just like a perfect recipe for a perfect whatever you're going to make. You've got to have all the ingredients in it. You know how the the brownie was first made? They forgot to put in the baking powder. And so rather than admit a mistake, they just said, well... This is a brownie, and put some frosting on it. Now, spiritually speaking, we need all the parts of the Word of God and the Spirit of God put together. So here's how we start. However, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His own Son, cleanses us from all sin so that's how we have our hearts cleansed purify your hearts you double-minded as we started out see and this is through repentance this is through confession to God not the priest oh by the way I got an article boy they've got a slick slick really slick thing now Dolores told me about it she saw it on the news and someone sent me a Uh, 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 a news article about it did you know that you can have your sins forgiven on your iPhone you can dial up your local padre and probably even see him you have two way pictures you know father I confess my sins what are they my son well I did this and did that and did the other Okay, you do 20 Hail Marys and 30 Our Fathers and send in $5 to the parish. And your sins are forgiven. See? Okay, thanks, Father, Till next time. <laughs> no, that's not the way it's going to be. You're not going to connect with God on your iPhone. You connect with God on your knees and praying to Him. He hears you. And also another side that they have already discovered, which is this. When people pray, a certain spot in their brain is activated. Then we have the Holy Spirit with us, which conveys all these things to God and helps clean out all of the riffraff that we have in our mind that doesn't need to go to God and actually conveys it to God directly in a language that the Holy Spirit converts our thoughts to to go to God. So we've got all the help in the world. Okay. So here's what we do, you see. Cleanses us from all sin. If we say we do not have sin, we're deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. Now notice. If you say you have fellowship with him, verse 6, but you're walking in darkness, you're lying to yourself. Verse 8 says, If you say you have no sin, you're deceiving yourself. And the truth is not in us, in verse 8. And in verse 6, we're not practicing the truth. So you see how the deception takes us away. Now here it is, verse 9. Here is the thing. If we confess our sins, and what did Jesus say? All sin shall be forgiven, the sons of men, except the sin of the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. All sin against the Son will be forgiven. All blasphemy against the Son will be forgiven. Let's see. All sin will be forgiven if what? Verse 9, If we confess our sins, and that is to God, that doesn't come by an iPhone. That comes by knee power and yielding to God. He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, cleansing of the washing of the water of the word. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. I mean, I love John because it's just like the Proverbs. Right and wrong, good and evil. I mean, you know, no middle ground here. See? Just the truth. Okay. So Proverbs there tells us what we need to do. Okay. This shows us how we do it. Now, Let's come to 2 Timothy, the first chapter. 2 Timothy, the first chapter. Just to show us what God has given to us with his spirit. And how then we can bring every thought into captivity to Jesus Christ. Let's pick it up here in verse 7. 2 Timothy 1. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. And it says there in Romans 8, under bondage again. But of power, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Word of God, the power of the truth, the strength to change, but of power and of love and of sound-mindedness, so that we can, through the Spirit of God, control our mind, now, let's see what we have to do, see. Let's come to Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and let's look how we need to examine our lives, see what we need to change, and ask God to cleanse us with the washing of the water by the word. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Okay, Ephesians 4, let's pick it up here. In verse 22, now the washing of the water of the word does this for us concerning our past behavior and how those thoughts and those ways can still come in and cause us problems. Okay? Verse 22, that concerning your former conduct that you put off the old man, and that's something you do day by day bit by bit, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. It is a renewal, a changing, that God does within. Now we're going to see it's going to involve also forgiveness and forgetfulness. To ask God to forgive, and to ask God to take the thoughts from us. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which according to God is created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. So what God is doing with us, with the washing of the water of the Word, he is making us like him. He is creating in us. See? Hold your place here and come back to chapter 2, just across the page, okay? Okay, Ephesians 2 and verse 10, see? Ephesians 4 tells us what we are to do. Ephesians 2 tells us what God is doing. For we are his workmanship. Because anything that takes place to mold our minds and change our thoughts through the Spirit of God is the work of God. It's not what we can do, but only what God can do, see. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, and remember, commit your works unto the Lord, and your thoughts shall be established. You having trouble bringing your thoughts into captivity? That's how to do it right here. Under the good works that God ordained beforehand in order that we might walk in them. Now come back over here to chapter 4, and let's see how we do it. Therefore, let each one put away lies, because the carnal mind is deceitful. And it's kind of an automatic response. In order to protect the self, you lie, before you even know what comes out of your mouth, right? Even as little children, right? Yes. And speak the truth with his neighbor, because we're members of one another. Now then, here's a real trick. When you become angry, do not sin. And there are, there are scriptures in the Proverbs which said. Don't keep company with an angry man or a furious man or a man or rageous, lest you become like him. See? Do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Now, this is important because there are a lot, a lot of things we need to do. What starts the day? Sundown, Right? Don't drag in the problems into a new day. And don't let the sun go down on your wrath or your anger or any of these things because it's going to affect a very important part of your life, which is sleep. Okay? You know what that's like? I know what that is like. I've spent nights tossing and turning, thinking and worrying. Sooner or later, you get worn out, see? And sometimes you get so wound up in it, you can't get your mind to turn off. So that's why you have to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, I tried to make an anacronym of things that we need to work on. It was a little difficult to do, but I'll tell you what I came up with. Now there's seven characteristics. There are seven characteristics: guilt, you have a guilt complex, or you feel guilty because of something. Resentment, anger, and bitterness, and all of those things you can study in the proverbs it has a lot to do with how we think and react. So. That makes the word grab, G-R-A-B, guilt. Put all guilt feelings on Christ because he died for you. If it's something you have no control over, don't feel guilty because you're not the one who has done it. You know, fathers and mothers get guilty because their children do things, and it's the children who have done it, not them. So don't take guilt on yourself. Resentment, resentment comes when you don't get your way or resentment comes when someone does something to you and you let it bug you. Anger, anger is easy to easy to come by. Everybody has it. See? But all of these things what I'm talking about, don't let it control your mind. Because God has given us a spirit of power, and of love, and of sound-mindedness, and we can bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Same way with bitterness. Right here in Ephesians 4, he talks about a couple of these things. So let's read on. Okay, Verse 27. Neither give place to the devil, because all of these things then can lead to where Satan can take advantage of you with one of his fiery missiles. Let the one who stole steal no more. Rather, let him labor with his hands, working at what is good, so that he may impart something to the one who has need. Do not let any corrupt communication come out of your mouth. How's that for a challenge? Yes but that which is good and needful for edification, that it may give grace to those who hear. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, by which you have been sealed for the day of redemption. Now how do you grieve the Holy Spirit of God? By not letting the Holy Spirit of God wash you with the washing of the water of the word, and not repenting, not going to God to control your mind. See, So if you do all of these things, wouldn't it be nice to have all of these things lifted from you, whatever ones you have? I remember uh, talking to a person who was just overcome with emotion and grief, self-condemnation and bitterness and anger and So in praying for her, I just asked God to cast out the spirit or the attitude, see, of those things. And then also instructed her, very similar to do, right here. See? Okay? Notice, verse 31, let all bitterness, so we can put resentment and bitterness together here, let all bitterness and indignation... And wrath and clamor and evil speaking be removed from you together with all malice. How? By the washing of the water of the word. So you might want to write this down. G-R-A-B. Guilt. Resentment. Anger. Bitterness. Now there are a few more things that are left that we need to get rid of too. So I had to work hard on this next word for an, an acronym with this. And it is pity, that is self-pity, hatred, envy, and worry. So the acronym for this is phew, P-H-E-W. Pity, hatred, envy, worry. So grab, shoe. Okay. That's the best I can do. You know, everybody wants an acronym to remember it. And so I'm sitting there. It, it took me about 35 or 40 minutes to come up with that. You know, it was almost like a word puzzle, you know? Okay. So take any of these that you might see in you, and they might come and go periodically with you. But ask God to help you and cleanse your mind. You know, there are some people who are just angry at, at others, and even the sight of them sends them into a fit. See? Well, if that does it to you, how's the Holy Spirit working in your life? take it to God and ask God to help you. You can overcome it. You can overcome it with no problem. You may have to work at it. May have to continually pray about it until it's gone. Hey. But God will take care of it for you. All right. Now let's look at something that that's important for us to do here. Okay. Let's see how prayer how prayer is involved with this. Let's come to Mark, the 11th chapter. Prayer and forgiveness. Not only forgiveness to you from God to Father in Jesus Christ, but your forgiveness to others. Remember what did Jesus say concerning our enemies? He says, love your enemies, pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you hey you can pray for them maybe God would convert them wouldn't that be amazing huh see if not you can do the prayers I mentioned before of the of the rabbi and filler on the roof hey Rabbi what is a prayer for the for the Czar may God keep him far away from us okay no this has to do with the cursing of the fig tree Let's pick it up here in verse 20 when they came by in the morning. And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Look, Master, the fig tree that you cursed has dried up. Notice Jesus' answer. Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith from God. Now in the Greek it's a little more specific. It is have the faith of God. Well, it can only come from God. See, For truly I say to you, whoever shall say to this mountain, be taken away and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that which he said will take place, he shall have whatever he shall say. Now let me tell you something that is harder to move than a mountain. Right there, that carnal mind. This is a greater challenge than moving a mountain. Now, if we need a mountain moved, God'll do it. But we need our minds converted more than moving mountains, because just think how vain we could we would be if if we move mountains and just, you know, move that mountain, move this mountain, move the other mountain, you know. No good. Now here's the point of what he's making. Verse 24. For this reason I say to you, all things that you ask when you are praying, believe that you will receive them, and they shall be given to you. We're not to pray to move mountains. We're to pray in faith the things that we need. And a thing we need is, Is our minds cleansed with the washing of the water of the word? God's laws written in our hearts and in our minds. Have our thoughts established according to the word of God. Do not get carried away with grab few, okay? With guilt and resentment, anger, bitterness, pity, hatred, envy, and worry. Ask. Now, then he tells us something else which is important. This is essential concerning prayer and our relationship with God and carrying through with the washing of the water of the word. But when you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, now that's very inclusive, isn't it? Anything against anyone. Forgive. Now when that came up again later on, Peter asked Jesus, If my brother sin against me, how often should I forgive him? Seven times? Jesus said, No, not until seven times, but to seven times seventy. Four hundred and ninety. See, this is why you've heard me say many times, and always remember this, as long as there is life, There is hope, regardless of what a person has gone through. As long as there's life, there is hope. And God can reach down if they're willing to repent and call them. But the first step in all of that is coming to the the absolute knowledge and conclusion and conviction and shame that your life has been a mess and only God can straighten it out. Now concerning others. Forgive. Now if Jesus can be on the cross and say forgive them, Father, for they know not what what they do, were, were not those the enemies? Yes. Now here's the reason. So that your Father who is in heaven may forgive you your offenses. Oh well, we all want to have our sins forgiven, see? Now, that's the bargain that Jesus said. For if you do not forgive, and we can put in there, neither will you forget. Because the lack of forgiving displays a remembering of. For if you do not forgive, neither will your Father who is in heaven forgive you your offenses. Now, The book of Matthew, chapter 18, the last verse there says, if you do not forgive from your heart. See, so that's important. Now that comes with the washing of the water of the word too. What if you have something that is very difficult for you to forgive? And it's very difficult for you to say, oh, Father, forgive this. It's a terrible situation then you have to pray and ask God to help you to have the understanding of why you need to forgive. Then you need to take it one step further. Let's come here to Philippians, the third chapter. You need to take it one step further. Not only do you need to forgive, you need to forget, but learn the lesson. Philippians three. Okay. Let's begin right here in verse one, because this is very important the whole chapter here. And remember that's right after saying here in Philippians two and verse five, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That's the goal of the washing of the water by the word. See? Okay. Philippians three, verse one. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord Indeed, for me to write the same thing to you is not troublesome, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. That's just like saying, you know, guard the door of your mind. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. That's a circumcision party. For we are the circumcision because, you see, we have had our hearts circumcised through the receiving of the Holy Spirit of God and our hearts and our minds are to be changed and converted, and that is something that is an ongoing process all the time. For we are the circumcision who serve God in spirit, and rejoice in Christ Jesus, and do not trust in the flesh. See, because all of the things from grab few are trusting in the thoughts of the flesh, the carnal mind, right? Right? yes. For though I might also have reason to trust in the flesh, if any other thinks he has cause to trust in the flesh, I have much more. So he relates some of them. Then we will see how he considers those things. Circumcised the eighth day right on time by a rabbi. Of the race of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew, a Hebrew, with respect to law, a Pharisee, with respect to zeal, persecuting the church, with respect to righteousness that is in the law, blameless, commended by the high priest for his good diligent work. Yet the things that were gained to me. Now notice how he puts the perspective in this. You can tell by what he said here that he learned the lesson of every one of these things, but he wasn't reliving them. We'll see it here in just a minute. Yet the things that were gained to me, these things I've counted as lost for the sake of Christ. That's what baptism is all about. You die in that watery grave. Commit yourself in the covenant relationship with God for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but dung. That's how he looked at them. Greek word there is skubala, that I may gain Christ and may be found in him. This is the goal. This is how we need to look at things, you see. Not having my own righteousness, which is derived from law, but the righteousness which is by the faith of Christ, the righteousness of God that is based on faith that he's writing in our hearts and our minds his laws and his commandments in the spirit so we obey in the spirit, you see. That I may know him. Now notice what he's reaching to. That way you're not stuck in the trap of all of these carnal reactions. You're continually reaching toward what God wants in everything, see. That I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. Now that's quite a statement, isn't it? Because he understood that what that was when he was persecuting and causing Christians to be killed at his command. If by any means I may attain unto the resurrection of the dead. See, that is the goal. Our growth and overcoming between now and then is the important thing. Things in this world, we can use, they're fine, they're good. God wants us to have them and use them, but not have that between us and God. Always have your mind on the resurrection. You know, like I said in one of the church at home, and Randy did a good good job on this. um, I mentioned that, uh, you know, when you're at your worst, when you first get up in the morning and you have your bad breath, and your hair is all messed up, and you look in the mirror and you see more wrinkles and all of this sort of thing, I said, remember, God loves you. So what he did, he put a camera in his bathroom. And he came up and showed kind of his distorted face looking into a mirror. (laughs) Remember, God loves you, see. God is looking to your heart, your spirit, your mind. This body, though we wished it wasn't the way it is, is going to be changed. And for that day, we can all say hallelujah, and we will. We will be there to say it. Okay. Now notice. Notice his attitude, and this is the attitude of always going forward and not getting stuck down with grab few. Okay. Not as though I had already attained or have already been perfected, but I'm striving. That's what we do. Washing of the water of the Word. Growing, praying, studying, overcoming, living, growing, praying, studying, overcoming, you see. But I'm striving so that I may also lay hold on that for which I also was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Nice way of putting it, isn't it? it, it, That reminds me of the saying, you grab them by the scuff of the collar, you know, when you're trying to catch a little kid who's doing something, you, you grab them. Well, Christ laid a hold of us. So that we can become like him. Brethren, verse 13, this is important. This is the key thing. See, this is what we need to do. Now, it was very interesting when I was watching a special on the mind. The place where our memory is has two functions. To remember and to forget. Because we can't possibly remember everything, our minds couldn't handle it. So it's also designed to filter some things out and forget them. Now, with God's Spirit, with the washing of the water of the Word, we can forget them. And if they keep coming back, then ask God to cleanse it. Keep going to God until it doesn't come back only in the form of remembering the lesson. Okay? Brethren, I do not count myself as having obtained, but this one thing I do. He's listed all of his sins right here, didn't he? All the things that he went through. This one thing I do, forgetting the things that are behind through the washing of the water of the word. You can't forget the things that are behind. Those were all done. Yesterday is gone and over with. So is last week, so is last month, so is last year, so is five years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago, or you go clear back into your childhood or you may have had some traumatic thing in your life that is still there in your mind, and you need to pray and ask God through the washing of the water of the Word to wipe that away. Why should you carry that with you all your life? See? Forgetting the things that are behind and reaching forth to the things that are ahead. So it's the same thing. Put out the sin, put in righteousness. Bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Guard the door of your mind with all diligence. See, And reaching forth to the things that are ahead, I press, always working, always doing, always going ahead, see? toward the goal for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He always kept that in mind. Now, if we do this in our prayers daily, just think how then God can cleanse us and help us and guide us. Fantastic thing, see? Now, notice what he says. Verse 15 is the key. And you think, oh, well, the Apostle Paul can do that. He was an apostle. Little old me. Man, you don't know what my life has been. Yes, God knows what our lives have been from the instant we were conceived. Okay? So then, let as many as be perfect be of this mind. See? Forgetting the things that are behind. Let the washing of the water of the word change and convert, you see. And if in anything you are otherwise minded, now, isn't that a blessing? God will reveal even this to you. So even some of the thoughts of the past that need to be repented of and cleansed out, who's revealing that to you? God through the Spirit. So those things can be cleansed away. God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, in regard to that which we have attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. There it is. Then he talks about those who have have left and so forth. But come down here to verse 20. Because here's the goal. And so when you get up in the morning and look and see that you've lost a little more hair, or it's more gray, or you have more wrinkles, or it's hard to open your eyes, you know, And I tell you, the routine that a lot of us go through in the morning to get up to clear our throat, to blow our nose, to clean out our eyes, to clean our ears, you know, (laughs) and all all of that sort of thing. (laughs) Remember, God loves you. God has called you. And when you look and see this old physical body shriveling up and going to, you know, remember Paul said, I have run the course, I have finished the race. And now there's a crown of glory laid up for me. Crown of righteousness and also for all those who love his appearing. Okay? All right. Verse 20. But for us the commonwealth of God, of God, and that's interesting. That is politeia in the Greek meaning politics. <laughs> See, you hate the politics of this world? You hate what the politicians are doing? You're going to replace them. Isn't that a great solution? Yes. For the commonwealth of God exists in heaven. Christ is going to bring it. From where also we are waiting for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now here's what he's going to do who will transform our vile bodies. And our bodies indeed are vile. I mean, it's amazing how much how much inside God conceals from having to be outside. Huh? Need I be descriptive? <laughs> no. <laughs> and you know how vile it is when you get really, really, really sick and then all the vileness comes up and you feel miserable and all of that, who will transform our vile bodies that it may be conformed to his glorious body. Now that's a deal, isn't it? Yes, indeed. According to the inner working of his own power, whereby he is able to subdue all things to himself. So that's how you let the washing of the water by the word be an active, daily, ongoing thing to convert you, to change you, to let God create his character within you, learn the lessons of the past, don't dwell on them, forgive, forget, and go forward.